listener production. Okay, are you recording? Hola amigos, ¿cómo estás? Welcome along to episode 176, part A, coming to you this week from our holiday destination, the Pacific coast of Costa Rica. This episode features boxer Tim Zoo. Make some noise for our main event of the evening. Tim Zoo! All righty, only a short intro this week. As I said, we are in a small town on the Pacific coast of Costa Rica called Santa Teresa, one of my favourite places on the planet. The surf is pumping. It is 29 degrees in the ocean. It is offshore. So let's get straight into it. Tim Zoo. Softly spoken, friendly customer, out of the ring. But in the ring, he is all confidence, bravado in his opponent's face. Get it done. Next fight, please. So many lost and left behind. And no one seemed to care. Those who should seems like they're blind. Pretending they're not there. Can't they see? They hold the key. Could make things better if they try. Oh my Jaja, tell me why. Won't they open up their eyes? Tim is his own man, but he is also his father's son. He looks so much, so much like his famous father, multiple world champion Kostya. It is eerie when you first meet him and you'd met his dad. And many of Tim's early life lessons were learned from his father. But like all sons, Tim wants to forge his own path. Okay, let's get to it. Enjoy the story of Tim Konstantinovich Zoo, a contender. So when you search and then you find And know just where to go And thoughts that once used to cloud your mind You see clearly and now you know Mystery, what is to be Revealed in King Selassie I Come on children, try it with me We want to reach Mount Zion I. Welcome to the Howie Games a man that is set to try and become champion of the world. His name is Tim Zhu. He's a fighter of great renown. We've met three minutes ago. Tim, it's great to see you. How you going? Yeah, nice to meet you, man. How are you? <laughs> Good. I'm you done, very, very you done, well. Done many podcasts or not? Done a few. Uh, listen to not many. Right. Have you listened to any or not? <laughs> no, I haven't actually. Well, I told you, you need to listen to Colonel Bob Sheridan on this because... Uh, I will give it a go the, after. He's the boxing commentary guru. Yeah. Um, before we get rolling, that is... That's a big earring. Tell me about that earring. Because you, yeah, everything about you strikes me as a low-key character. I no, didn't expect... This, this, this is something new, actually. Is it? You know? Is it, yeah, is it real? Is, no, this thing isn't. Right, because I was about you know to what? say. I was, I was actually... Um, I was actually testing it out. I was thinking, should I get a, should I get one or not? So I'm testing it out for two days. What what's been the reception so far? And um, no. Nah. Right. I, I've been reading it's a lot me, about man. you. It's no, not well, me. this is. I've been reading about you. And when you came in, I thought this, I was going to introduce him as a real low key character, a boxer. And then you've come in with half a diamond no, on your no. ears. So. so I like my watches and that. Right. But, but um, I was I was in Thailand and I was like, you know what? I'm going to give um, this earring a go. <laughs> so I, get, I gave it a little bit of a go, but I, I don't think I don't, like, I don't think I don't think it's meant for me, well, man. I, I think you're a bit more low key than that. Nah, not me. Hey, mate, there's so much to talk to you about. Um, and I don't want to focus on your father because I know it, I know it's your story. But I got to say, when you walk in here, geez, you look like your dad. <laughs> it been told. Well, um, I'll, I'll actually tell you a story. Um, you tell me stories, but I'll tell you a story. 
As a really young journo, I worked on a show called Sports World with Channel 7 and now I feel like an old bastard because I went to the AIS with a cameraman by the name of Laz Telecki and we spent three days filming your dad in the back part of his career in a training camp. And I've been privileged to do this for 20 years and speak to all sorts of athletes. He had two young Russian guys with him and so he would start the sit-ups or the push-ups or the sparring or the running or whatever it was and the first young Russian guy would go next to him. I, I guess your dad was 35, 36 at this yeah. stage. The kids were 20. Yeah. And when the first kid would run out of steam in whatever the exercise was, he'd get shipped out and they'd put this other bloke in. Yeah. And I have never seen an athlete ever in my entire time of sports broadcasting train as hard as I saw your old man that three days. It was yeah. one of the most impressive physical things I've ever seen, I reckon. Yeah, I think it's I think it's his mental battles that he does with himself of not giving up. Right. And overcoming it. And he's he's still the same, you know. Is he? Yeah, he's still the same. Like I remember doing during COVID times we went live and we started doing these sit ups and he and he and he went through the whole exercise that he used to do, but he wouldn't give up. Right. And I call him the next day because I, I kept, obviously, I was going <laughs> to yeah. keep up with him, you know. He's, yeah. he's, he hasn't done it for a long time. I called him the next day and he's like in pain and he's <laughs> just completely sore. Cool. He couldn't move. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because the most impressive thing I saw, he did a sit-up routine. Now, if, you, if you're thinking at home, if you're doing sit-ups, most of us, there's probably only tension through our stomach in a sit-up 40% of the time because we get to the top and we rest then we get to the bottom and rest. Your old man because we had the camera tape and we filmed the whole thing and he went for 18 minutes yeah. where he didn't take the tension yeah, yeah. out of his abs and he didn't make a noise but the sweat that was poured, like these two Russian kids, they, they were cooked about six minutes yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. It was for not, so he, he, he still trying he to do still that, is he? to do that. Right. Still, right. still. Have you trained today? Today, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. So I, I really want to talk to you about training. There's so many things I want to talk to you about. I, I read an article in Men's Health that you did, and you'll laugh at this, and uh, it was, I hope it was true, you were talking about a 16-kilo kettlebell yeah. and having to hold it yeah. in one, either arm yeah. or on your shoulders yeah. for 60 minutes. Yeah. So I was in the gym this morning, <laughs> and I found the 16-kilo kettlebell. <laughs> oh, heavens above. Like 60 minutes. It? A minute? Well, maybe not even that to be fair. No, but seriously, so for people try it in the gym, so I, I want you to explain to me what you can do as part of the 60 minutes. Where where can you position the kettlebell? No, you you do all different exercises, but right. during instead of resting, you yep. just have to hold it. <laughs> right, so you're doing the exercise, so you can't put it down. No, you for, can't for put it down. For 60 minutes. Yeah, for 60 And at minutes. what stage does it go from physical to mental? Um, probably 10 minutes in. Right. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I didn't get to the 10 minute yeah. mark. 10 minutes in. Oh, you're I, like, I didn't get to the 10 minute mark. Maybe I should stop. <laughs> so do you, do you, we'll start talking about training. Do you love training or do you hate training, but you need to do it to become what you want to become? You know what? It used to be like, I used to feel that way. But now it's just become a part of me. Now it's just like I have to do it no matter what. And uh, I actually enjoy it now. Right. So what what was the switch? Because it would be very hard to achieve what you're going to try and achieve and yeah. what you have achieved if you hate training. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I enjoy I enjoy watching progress. Right. It's a it's a it's a it's a small it's it's so small each time you you feel it, but it's so rewarding. And um, it takes a lot 
of time for such a small little result. Right. And like, for example, for the last four months, I've been going so hard and I've seen such a big change in, in the way I fight uh, from four months ago. In, in, in boxing training or in physical training? Everything. Okay. Boxing, the way I see punches, the way I feel it. Well, there's so much to talk about yeah. there. Okay, so how, how do you see punches? So, so what, like, what does for that me, mean? Like and how do you me, train for that? For me, it's like, it's like uh, in all honesty, right now when I get into the ring, everything becomes slow motion. Does it? Yeah, ev- everything stops. The world, the world just stops around you. Well, like the Matrix. Yeah, basically, yeah. Really? Yeah, and that's yeah. through training. Th- through when I'm sparring, when I'm when I'm in the ring sparring. Everything's just like the matrix for me. So what what training have you done, physical or mental, to get to that point now where it's slowed down? I think the sparring I've done and the repetitions I've done, the non-stop, non-stop, and I think six years of non-stop grind um, has led me to, to feel this certain way. The matrix, I like it. Yeah. I like it. I, I like <laughs> it. So, okay, let's break it down then. So. Yep. Let, let's talk about your week in a in a week of heavy training. So yeah. when you, when you months out from fight, how many sparring sessions are you doing in the ring a week? Uh, usually three spars. Three spars. Three and spars. what's a sparring session? How long uh, does it go for? How many rounds do you do? You, well, we're doing four minute rounds. Four minute rounds, which is un like no three and a, three and a half minute rounds. Yep. Uh, a fight's usually three yep. three minutes. Uh, usually one minute rest is how it is, but we do 30-second rest. So you're doing an extra 30 seconds and 30 seconds less rest. Yeah. And how many rounds will you spar? And minimum is usually 10. Do you wear headgear? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And in a sparring session? Well, you know what? This this Thursday we're going for, for 15 rounds. 15 rounds. Yeah. So first, to build up first that First time, yeah. First time I'm ever doing it. But do, you, do you wear a heart rate monitor? Uh, no. What do you reckon your heart rate gets to when you're sparring? Uh, 180. 180. So consistently, it'd be up at 180. So yeah. what – mate, i got so many questions for yeah, you. Yeah. And because a lot of – this is not a specific boxing show, you know, yeah, we yeah. talk all sports. So a lot of people won't understand what you do and that's what I'm trying yeah. to convey. What becomes hard in the sparring? Is it aerobically you start to get stuffed or do your arms and legs get tired? Like what hits first? Everything. Does it? Okay. Yeah, everything. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're usually your first thing is your legs. Um, they get heavy or lactic acid builds up? Lactic acid. Lactic acid builds up straight away, first first two minutes. Okay. And then um, you're able to sort of shake it off. Um, your breathing goes straight away. You feel it straight away, but you're able to, to recover, obviously. Um, and then the the hardest part is when your body doesn't react with your with your brain anymore, so it it doesn't it doesn't think. So as soon as you stop thinking, um, that's when it starts getting hard. Because you're getting tired. Because you're getting tired and tired. Do you do you take in liquid between rounds? Yeah, of course. Okay. Of course. So you, you're drinking. First, water I reckon. You go? Well, the, I just got back from Thailand, yep. and that was more of like a conditioning type thing, and I was doing sparring rounds there, and um, I'd say I I would have lost four kilos in one sparring session. Four kilos in a session. Yeah. Okay. Now you've sidetracked me. Now we're going to some sort of Thailand sort of. In my head, I'm picturing some sort of <laughs> Muay Thai kung fu movie. Is, is that what it is? 
four, yeah, four. Imagine four kilos of sweat you're losing. Right in one in yeah. one sparring session. So by by the end of the sparring session, you're you're cooked. Okay, so when you're in Thailand, whereabouts in Thailand did you go? I Phuket. Phuket. Yeah. So uh, am I picturing like a, a summer version of Rocky in Rocky Four? When it's he's a jungle. Up? It's a jungle. Yeah. yeah. But you know, in Rocky Four, our, our Rocky's like going back to old school, and that's if, what I did. If Andrago's high tech, so you're you're the low tech in the jungle. Yep. Okay. Punching tires, running up mountains. Punching tires and running up mountains. Right. Yeah. Sparring all different types of fellas, um, mixing him around. It was yeah. It's just old. Back to back to the old school. Back to the roots. Okay. So where like are you sleeping like on not on the dirt floor? No, no. I'm sleeping <laughs> sleeping in a nice place. Okay. So sleeping, sleeping in, in a, a nice, nice place. place. Right. And how long were you over there for? I'm there. I was there for two weeks. Okay. Uh, but I've done a, I've done a couple trips recently. And what did that do to you and your physical conditioning training in the heat like that? Man, it just you feel unreal. You feel like the Hulk after. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the Hulk now. Really? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And you, you said you've done other trips. Where else have you gone on training camps? Training camps? Well, yeah. I've done uh, America. America's good for sparring. So when you're sparring with um, with a sparring partner, for example, and I know you've got the the headgear on, what's it feel like when you get punched in the head? It's, it doesn't feel much. Does it not? No. Well, oh, I don't get hit much. Oh, okay. okay. So what does it feel like for the other bloke when you start punching? Well, then you've got to start hey, I'll have to interviewing start one of those okay. guys. Okay. I'll interview one of the punching bags. All right. So I like it. Maybe you should be wearing that earring after all. Maybe you've got the confidence required to pull it off, Timmy. So that's the sparring. Now talk to me about um, the gym, uh, weights, etc. So if you're doing three sparring sessions a yeah, week, yeah. What, what are you doing? How many gym sessions are you doing a yeah, week? Yeah, I'm doing uh, two strength and conditioning okay. sessions a week. How long do they last? Usually an hour. And is that a, is that a combo of physical uh, like weights and cardio? It's a bit, a bit of those. strength, a bit of uh, power workouts, uh, speed, explosive jumps, medicine ball throws, um, just all boxing type based. Okay. But so you're not like I go and do as much as you won't look at. I'll go and do bicep curls, etc. So I hopefully look okay. But like, are you doing like squats and the, and the squat rack and stuff? Like, you're doing uh, leg power I maintain stuff I maintain strength. Okay. I, I don't try build upon it. Right. But I do maintain. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's the the weight component and the 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 strength and conditioning. The boxing. Is there anything else do you do like? Pilates running. or yoga. Running, running, okay. Tell me about running, running. Because your yeah. old man famously used to get up yeah, and, he used to do a, and go yeah, running. Yeah, he used to do a lot of running. But yeah, I do a lot of running as well, maybe four times a week. How, how far are you running? Six Ks. Six K. Like are you doing five minute K, four minute K, seven minute K? Like you're getting into your legs or you're actually trying to run at pace? Um, It depends. If, if I'm sparring, I'm doing like a uh, – if I'm sparring the after, in the afternoon, yep. I'll do a nice and – Slow run, yep. which is probably what four four forty five a pace. Okay, that's a slow six k four forty five. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, if I'm actually trying to do a good 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 run, I'll do from from four to four fifteen. Okay, we had Jess Stenson, the marathon runner, in this studio about six weeks ago. Yeah, three minutes thirty <sighs> for the entire marathon. Wow, forty two k's. Wow. Maybe she should be wearing the earring. <laughs> it's, I know. It's, it's mind-blowing, isn't it? That's crazy. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Crazy, crazy stuff. Okay, so when you're running, 
Yeah. Here's another cliche question for you. Have you got your hood on and doing shadow boxing like in Rocky or are you just, just running? <laughs> it depends how cold it is, man. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, but is there shadow boxing involved in the run or is it just purely no, running? No, no, pure run. Right. Pure run. Is there, There's a story someone told me about you early days as a young fella, and we'll get to your upbringing a bit later, but you came second in a cross country? Yeah, year three. I thought it might have been like year seven, year no, three. No, year three. Tell me about came, that. Came second in year three and then yep. um, I came first ever since that. Right. So my dad said losing is not an option. Right. So so you go home and report, oh, dad, I got the, what's, uh, blue's the win, red's the second. No, I told him I lost. Right. You well, lost. You can come second, you lost. And, yeah. And what did he say? Yeah, it wasn't, okay, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't. Hey, dad, I came second. Right. That I lost. You said that in grade three. Yeah. <laughs> oh, heavens above. How <laughs> <laughs> the old man, what did he say? Like, get up and start running? Yeah, you start running. Right. Yeah. So did you as a kid get up and start running? In a start. Uh, what, what time were you running? Five, five sixteen was my wake-up call every morning. At what age? Year four. <laughs> my young bloke, who you'll get a question from soon, he, rolls, he leaves home for school at 8.30 yeah. gets up at 12 minutes past 8. Oh, I, I think I, I need I to wish. get some iron into his yeah. whole and I, and I remember my dad actually used to make us, um, 9 p.m. was uh, bedtime. Right, 9 p.m. was bedtime. Um, and the alarm was 5.15. And 5.15. In grade four. Yeah. And what would you do in grade four when you got up at 5.15? I'd go for a run. Right. How far running? I, I didn't have back then. No. But like a five-minute run, a ten-minute run, a half-hour no, run? No, it was, it was a good run, that's right. for sure. I remember it was it was a run with him. Right. Oh, with your dad? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And then you smoked the cross-country ever after that. Just to smoke your run then. <laughs> well, there's a lesson <laughs> Back to Tim in a moment. Next up on the show, I'm genuinely, genuinely pumped to bring you guys this guest. He is a professional golfer who has won on the Australasian Tour. He's won on the US PGA Tour. He's won on the Live Tour, and he is the reigning Open champion. His name is Cameron Smith, and he is one of the most relaxed customers you will ever meet. He's got a great story to tell. Quite simply, this fella is an absolute dude. Do you ever sit out on your boat and think how good the game of golf has been to you, that <laughs> you're living where you're living, you obviously live in a beautiful house, you've got the chance to go out with your mates and go fishing in a beautiful boat? Like, I know there's a lot of hard work involved, but um, it's credit to all your hard work, I guess, that you're able to do that. Yeah, yeah, mate. Um, I was so uh, grateful for everything golf has given me. And, um, you know, I think, I think this stuff, um, even the stuff that I have now is, you know, I never really got that far in my dreams to, you know, to win golf tournaments, um, to have the nice house and, and have a couple of boats. Um, that was all past my dreams and to be where I am today is, is uh, pretty amazing. Well, it's credit to you and as I said, it's all the credit and hard work and people are going to be listening to this. They'll see a social media clip at some stage, but the fact you've got your Queensland Maroons Forex uh, <laughs> Rugby League state of orange jumper on, I think says a lot about you, Smithy. Yeah. yeah, I try and wear this as much as I can. It's kind of my around-the-house shirt, I guess. Um, it's probably pretty filthy and stinky at the moment, to be honest. <laughs> that is Cam Smith next up on the show. All righty, let's get back to Tim. 
we've talked about strength and conditioning. We've talked about um, in the ring. Do, do you do anything else like the modern athlete these days? There seems to be like Pilates and yoga. And do you do, you do anything in I've, that department? I've started doing a lot of stretching. Have you? Mobility work. I've never, I've never implemented that. But um, yeah, I have started because um, the hips, they're quite stiff at times. Okay. Just through all the repetitive movements. So yeah, I've started doing a lot of that. And what about the mental side of what you do? Like we talked about the kettlebell, but do you, a lot of athletes these days employ sports psychs and mental picturing imaging. Do you do that stuff or not? I've actually, um, I've got a mental coach now. Okay. A mindset coach. Tell me about so that. So I've, I've, I've only recently started with, it, with, with him and... Um, what do you make of it? And I feel, yeah, I feel, I feel much different, you know, before I felt like... Uh, um, I was a piece of a puzzle and now I feel like I am the full puzzle. So um, a lot has changed since then and there's just different resemblance that we use and um, different scenarios. You know, everyone goes through different periods of time where you go through ups and downs and, and it's just all about controlling controlling yourself and, you know, I was, I was able to discover him and, yeah, he's, he's helped me out with that a lot. Explain that to me a bit more, Tim. So explain what, in your world, what being a piece of the puzzle means and now the whole puzzle. Like, explain um, that to me in, in a boxing and, and a life sense, I guess. Yeah, I guess uh, being control of your own life and destiny, huh. you know, being able to um, be the man, be not, not just be the man, be just be in control, in control and do, do what you want to do and not what others tell you what, what you have to do. I guess we've we've learned to somehow connect, and um, it's worked very well. What does it mean for you in the ring? We are yet to test to see. Okay. Yeah, but I'm I'm cu- I'm curious. But the way I've felt now, I've never felt before with my training. Maybe with with the Thailand trips, with 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 with, with what's going on. Maybe even with age and experience. Um, Again, as I said before, I, f- I feel like I am the Hulk right now. Wow. I, I got a question <laughs> from you. Right, well, let's, um, actually, before I th- play this one, Hulk, the, the other massive component of it is diet. Yeah. Like, talk to me about your diet during a heavy training phase. Are you good? Are you amazing? Are you ridiculous to the point where you're weighing food? Like, where, where does it sit for you? You know what? It's a funny thing. Um when I was in Thailand, not this time, but the time before that, yeah, I was with these with these boys who who were competing at that um, top top tier championships um, in like MMA, and I learned a lot from them. And basically, it was um, for me. I used to go hard, hard, hard with dieting, and then I used to just completely binge out, and I used to get fat, and then I used to. Again, get back to it, get fat. And well, so after a fight, yeah, after a fight, binge and then yeah, that okay. used to be my thing. But now for me, I've sort of created this this lifestyle thing where um, I eat for performance, um, and twice a week I'll eat rubbish, and it keeps me satisfied, and I feel completely fine from it. Before we talk about eating for performance, now, frequent listeners to this show, of which you are not one, but I don't take that personally, Timmy, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Um, know that my kids ask a question, whoever's most engaged, 
with a guest. Yeah. So I was telling him last night about, we're going to have a chat with you. So you get my 10-year-old son, and we'll get to your nickname too. But his name is Mac. Mm-hmm. A good boxing nickname he's given himself. Yeah. He gave himself the Big Penguin. <laughs> okay? So you ready to take the question for the Big Penguin? No, right, here we go. Hey, Tim, Big Penguin here. I was watching you on Instagram when you were training and you were punching those tyres so hard and so fast. You looked so fit and so healthy. You must eat super well. Anyway, my family eats really well as well. And Dad and I were saying if there was one thing you could eat and it would be healthy, no matter what, what would it be? And I said vanilla slice just because I really love vanilla slice. What would you say? So what was the question? So the question is, you can have any food. So if vanilla slices were healthy, that'd be his number one go-to. So you can choose any food the big penguin wants to know. Any food, doesn't matter how bad for you is, but it's immediately healthy. What are you going for? Ooh. A burger. A burger. Yeah. So you're a burger. Well, a burger's not too bad. Yeah, still. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. Oh, what else? If it's a dessert, yep. I'd say um, an Oreo McFlurry with chocolate sauce. Oh, now you're talking. <laughs> the big penguin will be tuned right into that. Okay, before we get to the two off days, when you said you're eating for performance, what, yeah. what is that? Is it like bloody boiled chicken and steak and no, veggies? Or? No, I'm not. Not like that, but um. So what's eating I eat, for I, I eat a lot of I'll eat a lot of seafood. Okay. I'll eat a lot of fish, uh, a lot of carbs, a lot of rice, a lot of potatoes. Yep. Uh, greens. Um, what else? Just just the basics. What's breakfast? Uh, usually I have smoked salmon with uh, wow. some toast, right, and some um, eggs. And when we talked about getting to enjoy training, have you been able to start enjoying food, eating for performance, or is it just like, yeah. hey, this is what I need to do? Yeah. You can? Yeah, I like it. Okay. Yeah, even if I go to a restaurant now, um, like I'll, I'll look at the menu and I'll see this is what's probably is the best option to eat, you yep. know, rather than, oh, I'm going to get this, 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 right. this, and this. And the days off? And the days off, I'll uh, during the week I'll have a burger. Okay. Have, before I go to sleep, I'll have a couple of hours to be able to process it okay. and then be able to have a bit of fruit. Right. That way, in the morning, you just digest much easier. Yep. Um, and then Saturday nights, I love my pizza. So, we've sort of established where you are and how hard you're training. Um, growing up, like you have choices, obviously, and you're the son of one of Australia's rushes combined greatest boxers. Why go into boxing when the immediate question is going to be you are the son of? It's like it's like Sachin Tendulkar's son saying he wants to play cricket. Mm. Did you think about that? No. You didn't? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I've always, I've always sort of wanted to do whatever I wanted to do and I'm, I'm lucky my parents let me do that. So for me, it wasn't, it wasn't really a concern. And growing up with the sport, I think um, it was a part of us. Like me and my brother, it was just built into us. You know, this is this is what we do. Do you remember much of your dad fighting? Like the one that sticks in my mind, I'll ask you, um, the one that sticks in my mind was when he fought Zab Judah. Yeah. Jesus clearly evening things up. And ending Stay! 
remember that. I one. can still remember that. So, do you remember his fights, but not from a, uh, yeah, not from a boxing perspective? What's it like as a young man? Like, how old were you when your dad was fighting blokes like that? Oh, I was in probably year one. Yeah, so yeah, you're, you're a young kid. Yeah, I so young. I, I would imagine my 10-year-old, if he saw me getting punched in the head, in all seriousness, mate, he'd be really concerned about me. Do you remember concern for your father or no? No. Really? No. I remember, yeah, I remember having full confidence at all times. And um, my dad used to always say he's the king of the world. He's the best of the world. So that that always gave me the confidence that, you know, he he wasn't going to lose. Right. And then when he, it was Ricky Hatton. Yeah, it was his that last was the last fight, one. It's over. It's over. Kostyzou not coming out for the 12th round. And Ricky Hatton exults. An emotional Ricky Hatton has won the fight. So, so what's it like? I presume, like, uh, my, my son still looks up to me, I'm sure. He'll get to a point when he doesn't, but I'm yeah. still in that age. You would have been... Yeah, it was, uh, it was a hard time. Was, was it? it? Yeah, it was a hard time. It was a difficult time for, for the family because... But what about you as a kid? People would pick on me. It was, it, was, it, was, it was different. It was hard. It was just a... Yeah, I wouldn't say... Um, I don't remember too much, but I remember it was just a difficult time. Do you get sick of people asking you questions about your dad? Like I, I've, I've noticed in your fights, you, you're very much like when you fought Jeff Horn. He said, "Tim only got this fight because of his last name." Yeah. And then you won the fight, and you said, "I just want to let everyone know that my name's Tim, not the Sun." Yeah. Tim Zoo has dethroned a legend in Townsville. I just want to let everyone know that my name's Tim, not the Sun. So it's, is it a double-edged sword? Because early on in your career, you may not have got the opportunities you did. Now you've got where you are with talent without yeah. your dad's name. But then, as you say, you're your own man. So how, how do you juggle that, mate? Yeah, it's funny because um, it was. I think it was more the expectation that people had yep. that I was supposed to be this monster as soon as I turned professional. Mm. But everything takes time to build, you know, a Rolls Royce is built in one in one year, while a Toyota is built in what two weeks. Correct. You know, uh, so everything everything took time, and I was I was just able to try and get that expectation off people, um, and um, I wasn't put on a platform straight away where I was fighting in front of a massive audience. I wasn't. I was. I was on local shows. I was on. Yep. I fought in Toowoomba with two hundred people. I fought in um, my local Sylvania where I live with with two hundred people there. You know, it wasn't like the platform was was big, but it was just the expectation um, that people expected. But over time, with with I guess consistency, training, and the mindset of being able to keep going. Um, I've got to where I've got to. And and you, you weren't into boxing at the start. You were into other sports, yeah, as a young fellow. Were you? Soccer. Soccer? Yeah. Gymnastics? Gymnastics. I started with gymnastics. Okay. Yeah. We we touched on it before about um, getting up at 5.16 to go running in grade four. Tell me about the discipline in your house and w- what the positives were and what potential negatives there were of growing up that way. I think when dad's left after his career, 
it sort of changed everything because he was extreme and then it sort of gave us freedom to to explore what's ex- what's extreme when you're a, a kid growing up with a dad who's a fighter and he's preparing for fights 9 p.m sleep yeah <laughs> no no such thing as uh i remember my 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 dream was always to have um everyone every every year at school was a, there was a father's day camp i never had one father's day camp okay. father's day breakfast never had a father's day breakfast he was um, never there for us. And now I think, you know, looking back to it, I understand where he came from because to get to where he had to, where he got to, there was there's a lot of sacrifice. But now that he's got two little ones in Russia now, he's a completely different man, you know. And when I, when I went and saw him, uh, the kids are running around and they're, they're running amok and I'm looking at him and I'm like... <laughs> Is this is this the same same dad as before? Right. So there's no five sixteen alarms yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, you've gone soft, man. <laughs> <laughs> so when when you decide, like when when do you in your mind think for the first time, dad or of your own bat, I want to go and do some boxing training. Like when does that start? That's always throughout throughout my whole. So life. you're training throughout, my, like with your dad or at his yeah, camps as soon or as, as soon as. As soon as I um, was born. Did you land one on your grandpa? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know the full story, but there there was a dislocation. Of your grandpa's jaw? Yeah. How old were you? <laughs> young, young. Like, uh, what, like 10 like two, or 2? Two. Two. Yeah, two. So you had the right hook like early I was doors. Able, I was able to, to stand up. Right. And wacky grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> Boris. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's become a, a man you're very close to, obviously. Very, yeah. Very. Good fight back after you broke his jaw as, as a two-year-old yeah. or a dislocated. <laughs> yeah. So what's your, before your professional fight, Tim, and I'm really enjoying chatting with you. Yeah. Um, what, what's your first amateur fight? Where was it? How many people are there? How nervous were you? What's your memories of it? First amateur? Yeah. Yeah. Like your first time you stepped into the ring. Yeah. Just, there was, it was just a local show at a, I think it was a pub, uh, like at a pub at a small country town. How old are you? What was I? I think it was 14. Right. Um, are you getting introduced as the son of at that fight? No. Right, okay. So you're just another boxer. Yeah, just another boxer. Um, the kid was tall. I remember I was pretty nervous, very nervous. Um, but I stopped him. <laughs> right. <laughs> stopped him? Yeah, stopped him in my first fight. Okay. I was, I was, I was pretty happy with that. And then... I think my first eight fights, they were all stoppages. As an amateur? Amateur. Okay, you, you mentioned nerves. We're lucky a lot of kids listen to this show with their parents. Yeah. And I'll ask you about that later on. But how have you learned to, uh, you know, you've obviously fought in America now and you've got an enormous fight coming up. How have you learned to deal, harness, use nerves? Um, do you get nervous? To, yeah, I do get nervous, of course. I think, I think that's part of life, but... Uh, just breathing and taking it slowly, like before a fight, of course, it's, oh, there's a lot of nerves, but yeah, just, I think over, mainly overthinking is the problem. Uh, what if, what's it, what if, what about this, what about that? Uh, if, if you get rid of that, it's much more relaxing. What about fear? Do you feel fear? 
you have to feel fear. Okay, ex- explain that to me. I would have thought so. Yeah, you have to feel a certain amount of fear, but that's what gets you into the zone, you know. And and when even when I'm fighting, when I get into the zone, I'm a different man. And when I don't feel fear, I'm different. I'm not as alert. I'm not as concentrated. I'm not as locked in. But when I have a little bit of that feeling of that fear, mm. I wouldn't say it's fear, but of course there's fear, but it's 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 just a weird, so it's a different type of thing. But it's just for me, it's just getting into the zone. Before we get to the zone, are you fearful of losing, mm. or are you fearful of getting hurt? No. What's the fear? Where's the what's the fear? Fearful of what? If you're feeling fear. Good question. Good question. Look, you win and lose in life. That's just part of life, I guess. Mm. I really don't know. And there was it was a fu- actually a, f- a funny thing I, I was thinking about a couple months back. Um, the fear of getting hit in the face f- before aspiring, yeah, and then actually getting hit is completely different. Getting hit in the face in sparring is is like okay, no worries, but the actual fear of it is. Oh shit! Oh, so the dear. fear of it is actually worse than the actual event. A hundred times worse. Right. See, it's the mind. It's the mind that plays a plays a big part. Whereas for a normal person like me, I'd be quite fearful <laughs> that you could punch me in the head. But I think the end result would be worse than the fear that I'm experiencing. <laughs> to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, but when you've when you've when you've known and done it all your life, yeah, it's, okay. it's it's different. And the zone. What's the zone to you, and how do you get into it? Um, uh, certain opponents, uh, certain people, you feel like you're just locked in like that. That is the end of Tim Zoo Part A. Plenty more to come in Part B.